Welcome to Rising Tide, a podcast for career-driven women to find inspiration, find courage, and find their voice. Hi, everyone. I am so excited for today's episode because this one has really been a couple years in the making. One of the biggest surprises when I started doing these interviews was how many women I interviewed who I held in high regard had made major career changes at least once in their career. If you had told me that back when I was still working in the corporate world, I wouldn't have believed how prevalent it was. In fact, after 74 interviews on this podcast, 72% have been with women who have made a major career change. And of those 74, 30 of them are women who the career change they made was to launch a business. I honestly did not know this was as common as it was because largely it's not talked about. And so I wanted to use this time to share with you what I learned from these women and their journeys and these top level processes that I saw them taking to enable a transition from one thing to the next. Because this is such a deep and rich topic, I'm breaking it up into two podcast episodes. So today's episode, we're going to focus on making the transition from working in a more traditional structure and the career changes to founding your own company. The next episode that'll be coming out next week is we're going to be looking at what does it look like to make a career change where you're going from one job to a different job or industry. I want to offer one other disclaimer for today and next week's episode, which is while I'm talking about a top level process and patterns and themes that have consistently emerged, this is still a very nuanced experience. So I'll be sharing examples as we go along, but some things to keep in mind as you're listening is that it's not an exact science. Each person's circumstances are different. There are forces that happen that are outside of our control. And so this isn't all going to happen in a perfect order. So keep that in mind as you're listening. The other thing is that sometimes these processes get kicked off by a force change, maybe a termination, maybe a life event that occurs versus a chosen change where maybe things you get to have happen on your timeline. So all of that, I want you to keep in mind as you're listening. And there's something for you to walk away with, even if you're not in a place where you're thinking about starting your own company yet. With all of that out of the way, let's get into the process. The steps that I saw coming out through these interviews, there were five steps that ultimately led to what I call crossing the bridge of calculated risk. Step one is a seed is planted. Step two is exploration. Step three is activation. Step four is build and test. And step five is commit. Let's break down each one of those steps. Step one is the seed is planted. Now, this is a very potentially subtle stage. And oftentimes it might get missed the first time through. It can show up in a lot of different forms. It could be a really subtle voice saying that you want more. You're meant for more. Maybe there's a feeling of disconnect that just something is not quite aligned. And the seed being planted, the critical piece is that moment where we 
give in to the possibility that where we are today and perhaps what we had set out to achieve isn't where we're being called. And instead, that belief that what could it look like if I decided to tackle this problem I'm seeing? What if I started a company? What if I pursued that passion? So this stage is very simple. We begin to believe in the possibility of starting something. I want to share some audio from my interview with Casey Gordon. And when she talks about this in her instance, it was, she had the seed get planted. And then it was another year, year and a half before it really took hold in her mind. So listen to her as she describes her moment of when the seed really got planted. And she realized that it was time to take further action. For the first 10 years of my career, it was so, let me get to this destination. Like, let me hustle. Let me run. I knew in probably 2018, 2017, that I wanted to start a family. I was at the time a VP of sales and strategy for a boutique consulting firm, started doing some work around like, what does it look like to create space in my life for motherhood? I had a really wonderful example of my own mother. I knew that that was a role I was very excited to take on, but I couldn't imagine. And I've talked to a lot of women where this is true too, especially those of us that have been in leadership roles or super ambitious I don't know how to create space for this other role I desire when I feel all consumed by the work I do today. So you hear her describing that discontent and that something was misaligned and a disconnect between what she wanted and and her current reality. Now we fast forward and she ends up becoming a mother in 2019. And what we see is she talks on in the interview is that her intuition that something needed to change only got stronger. I was driving to go pick up my daughter one evening in Atlanta and I'm on the road and I thought, I want to drive my car off the road right now. Like I don't need to die, but if I could maim myself hard enough that I could like be in the hospital for, you know, like a month, that would be really great. Cause then I have no responsibilities and maybe people even feel a little sorry for me that they'll like stop asking things of me. And I can like finally speak up that moment served as a wake-up call for Casey. And it began her search to seriously looking at what an exit would look like from her current career and beginning the process of exploring what would next entail. The big thing we hear here from Casey and so often in the interviews is it's that knowing and that intuition. And so giving it life and asking those hard questions of, how might I go about creating this space? And that's really the beginning, the launching point of this journey, which takes us to step number two, which is exploration. Now, exploration is really interesting because depending on where you're at in your self-mastery journey, it would impact where you start. But when we think about exploration, oftentimes when that seed is planted, we may not know what we want. It may be really vague. We perhaps know we want something different than what we have. You might know that you want to start a company, but you have no idea what it is or what impact you could have. And so exploration is more so about understanding and deepening our understanding of ourselves. What are your values? What are your strengths? What skills do you have? What experiences do you have from your prior work and life? And really at this point in your life, 
what is most important to you? Now, I want to share about Nadira Artic's journey in her exploration phase. She tells us about her incredible career in journalism and begins to describe her moment of where the seed got planted and then the process that it followed as she began to explore what her purpose was now in her life. I started really admiring people who were making real impact, whether it was a documentary maker or a UN person. So I said to myself, well, actually, I don't want to be reporting about other people making difference in the world. I want to make a difference myself. I want to be inside the action, not outside. That was the drive which pushed me to start looking for my purpose because our purpose changes. So I worked actually with a career coach and it also coincided with me and my husband moving from London to Paris. And I started a pioneering blog for women in Central Asia. We talked about things which were really taboo in those societies. That was great. Then I did some reporting about women's rights. Then we moved to New York. And there, as I was still kind of writing and testing out different ideas, and I was coming more and more into women's rights and women's empowerment, that was my purpose, which I found through the coaching process. Now that Nadira had her direction and her purpose to empower women, began setting her on the journey to where she is today, which is serving as an executive coach to female leaders. Once the foundation is there, then step three is activation. Now, what activation looks like is taking information to your trusted advisors, your career crew, and starting to share that information out and activating on your idea or activating on the information that you've gathered about yourself so that you can continue refining and getting closer to what it is that you're looking for. I got the chance to sit down with the founder of UI brand, Psyche Terry, and she took us back on the journey for her process of understanding what it was that she wanted to build. And in the interview, she gives us a glimpse into this idea of having a pretty directional goal of what it was that she wanted and knowing that she wanted to do more in business, but really being unclear. And so here, as you listen to this part of the interview, you get to hear her going from exploration to activation where she actually takes steps and then starts beginning the process of building. What the issue for me was, I paired it back to go, you know, it's if you're a dancer, you dance. If you're a doctor, you doctor. If you're a nurse, you nurse. If you're in business, you what, right? So that was really what I was yeah. trying to drill. It's like, what do I want to be when mm -hmm. I grow up? And I'm in business school, just like, my hope was still just to have a room and a building with a window. So I'm like, but what is it? And I felt like in washers and dryers, I needed to do more. So I started serving on a nonprofit board and I felt like that was great. And then I started to think, maybe that's what I want to do with Whirlpool is I want to give back, but I want, I love this company. Let me figure out a way that I can give back. And I learned that that area was already cut up, tangled up. They had, they had so many phenomenal resources around giving back there. And I thought, well, what am I passionate about? So I served it was the Blind Center of Nevada. And I didn't know what I was passionate about. I just knew I was, wanted to help people. And I loved helping there. 
But my thought was, I want to do something. I don't know what it is I want to do. Mm. And I remember having a sticky pad on the wall writing president of something, owner of something, leader of something. I don't know, like big Mm. question mark. It was great big sticky pad on my wall. And the Blind Center had a moment when they were raising money for their members and they had gift baskets that they were creating and they were making the products in the gift baskets. They were making body butters and sugar scrubs and then designing them and then putting them in the basket. Now, usually with a fundraiser, I think that you just buy the stuff, put it in a basket and then resell it for an upcharge, but they were hand making everything. And that's when it all came together for me of like, Ooh, I can help. I can help you guys make this pretty. And then I went, can I pick out the scent? Can I pick out the label? And then I went, can I name it? You know, and it just kind of turned into something. Psyche would go on to use this as a launching point to begin pitching these products to stores and eventually landing her first customer an order for 500 products. So a great example of activation. This stage is about action. This is where we're no longer doing exercises alone or maybe within a really, really small private community, but instead starting to spread our ideas or the direction we're looking and inviting people to go on the journey with us. This step in particular can be scary because we start putting this information out there. And once you start putting it out there, you know, people will ask you about it. It's no longer the secret that only, you know, and so it's beautiful and that you're inviting people to be part of the process. And what I encourage you to remember is activation is still you looking to find where you fit in the world. And so it's not about what other people think. And it's more about what information can you learn through this process to help you continue to refine the vision of where you're ultimately trying to go. And the idea here is that you only exit the stage when you have a hypothesis or a theory or something you really are ready to start testing out. You've identified a problem you believe you can solve. You've identified a solution that you want to try to bring to life. And so when you move into the next stage, this is what is called called the building and testing phase. This is where you begin trying out your concept. And so I wanted to share this clip from my interview with Sarah Milby, who is the founder of Valor Performance. And she articulates very clearly what this process of building and testing looks like. And she takes it from partially exploration where she's identified what she thinks is a problem and beginning to do some interviews all the way to when she landed her first customer. Here's what she had to say. The early days of Valor was a lot of like, does anybody else have this problem? And if So how are you solving it? So I would go to other executives and especially for executives who were performing under pressure. So a lot of, you know, sales and revenue leaders at the time and just ask questions. Mm -hmm. And I found that to your point earlier, there weren't a lot of solutions. I just started thinking about, well, what could it look like? again, with experimenting, envisioning what it could look like and how to kind of pull from my experience. So I had this experience in sport. I had worked in corporate. I learned some things even in nonprofit and government. And then especially with the tech and digital health. And so combining all of these things, what about, and I started putting together some visuals. What if it looked like this? 
and I found a brilliant designer to help kind of flush out some of my vision. And I took it to some of these leaders that I'd spoken with and said, well, what if it was like this? And what ended up happening, um, and I so remember the first client, we were meeting in a coffee shop on Summer Street in Boston. And I said, well, here's, what if it looked like this? And I remember so clearly, he said, if you build that, I will absolutely roll that out to my entire team. That was such a fun interview. And Sarah goes on to share that that was one of three customers that they would end up putting into their alpha version. That was back in 2017. And today is a very successful company with hundreds of coaches that are supporting their clients worldwide. But as you can see, it started with identifying a need in the market I love how she talks about her unique backgrounds and experiences. So we see where that exploration comes into play and bringing those together and then asking questions to understand how might this problem best get solved. And then ultimately putting together a prototype and putting it in front of somebody and testing it and getting great feedback, all things that are really valuable, which helped her ultimately to cross the bridge of calculated risk which is the last and final stage. And this one is incredibly important because you can have done all of this work and still walk away. There is still a chance that you will say no. And sometimes that may have to come because life is dictating it. Other times it may be that the fear is greater than the courage you can muster. And so I really encourage each one of you to know the difference between the two. And so I wanted to share one of our founders that we interviewed, which is Noelle London. Now, Noelle is the founder of Illuminous. What I love about the interview with Noelle is that while she describes going through these different stages and she talks about the building testing phase, she really helps paint a powerful picture of even for her after all of this work and getting really great feedback and having all of her ducks in a row, it was still incredibly intimidating to think about finally committing and going full board into becoming a full-time founder and CEO. Here's what she had to say. When we knew that we had a product that was coming out and an initial paying customer that wanted to work with us, it was time to go all in. What I will say is it was hard. It was hard because I loved my job and Mm. I had a path forward and a really amazing career that was in front of me and a lot of support for me to grow into that role. But I knew that if I didn't do it now, that I never was going to do it. It was really scary because I think it was verbalizing, you know, I've been working on, I've been working really hard, but that was the, you're doing this and you're sharing this like publicly that this is a thing. And that was a different level of courage than In this example, Noelle shows us how it wasn't even that she was leaving behind something that she didn't like. In this case, the call to something greater, to have a bigger impact, to solve a problem that she was uniquely seeing was stronger 
than the love of the work that she was already doing and the path that she had been building. And so I think it's a great example because in Casey's that we heard earlier, it was life intervening that something had to change. And in this case for Noel, we see that nuance where it was a pull to more, to greater impact, but almost a begrudging pull because she had the skills and this vision and the ability to solve a problem that needed to be solved. And ultimately she did have the courage and launched Illuminous in February of 2022. So you've now heard from these five different founders and there's plenty of other episodes that you can listen to. And I want to call something out that I didn't mention at the beginning, which is as these women described it, you know, we're talking about it in these kind of recaps of that period of times, but this happens anywhere between six months and three years. So again, each one of us are on different timelines. And so there isn't a right or wrong. However, keep in mind that, you know, these five steps can happen within the course of a year, or it might be years for you to go through that. And that is all well and good. So the five steps, number one, seed is planted. We have embraced this idea that we want and are ready for more. Step two is exploration. We deepen our understanding of self and where we are today and what's important and really using that information to take us into the next phase where now is where the action comes, activation. We actually take it out to our community, to our network, to our career crew, and we begin gathering information and really refining the idea of what it is that we intend to do. Once we know what we want to do, Step four is we begin building and testing. Now we're going to put a prototype out there, put the information out there, exploring and gathering inputs, what worked and what's not working, all the while refining our vision. And then step five, the one where it demands the greatest courage, where we must cross the bridge of calculated risk is to commit, to go all in, to delay no further the vision that we have no more excuses. We've done all that we can to prepare. And now it's time if we're really going to do it to commit ourselves to this next phase. As we went through all of those, I want to also say it all sounds really great, but there are stages that come after it and we won't get into them into too much depth, but I do think it's important to call out and note, and we'll probably do another episode at some point on this topic in and of itself, just because you commit And just because you've built and tested and done this amazing work, there still comes the wobbles. (laughs) Now, what the wobbles look and sound like, oftentimes it's the first setback or setbacks that you encounter once you've fully committed. These can come in any types of forms. And I wanted to share this clip from Nicola Buckley in her interview, because the way she describes it, I think is so relatable and having made a decision to launch a business, in her case, it was something very different from what she had been doing in her corporate career. And facing that temptation to go back to the corporate career, even though she had intentionally made a choice to move away. Here's what she had to say about those wobbles. I had some incredible clients, got amazing results, but I didn't know my value. I didn't know my worth. I Yeah, I was kind of beholding to clients. I would barter and I would negotiate and 
It was really fucking hard after having a comfortable salary for so long when the consulting work stopped or I stopped it. It wasn't great. And I ended up in quite a lot of debt. I ended up like bewildered. I, yeah, I was tempted to go back to corporate world so badly, but I was just, again, I was just like, I just need to keep moving forward. And actually I really struggled at that point. And I, I ended up the second time in my life, I've kind of struggled with anxiety and depression. I share that because it's so important for us to just be realistic. Committing to starting a company, anyone who has ever started something new, you know that it, it comes with challenges. And I will say in the case of Nicola, what was really great is that she would go on to reiterate her business two more times. And today, after that journey of nearly 10 years from when she left and started her company to where she is now, she is thriving. Keep that in mind as you're going through this process and this journey. And as you face that first wobble, that it doesn't mean you run back, but I love how she says that I just needed to keep moving forward. You made this decision for a reason. And so staying grounded in what you learned in that exploration phase as you continue moving forward. I hope as you listen to this, that whether you're on the journey or in the process, we're able to have an idea of what the process looks like. If you're thinking about starting something, now you've got some tangible bite-sized steps to take to begin. And if nothing else, as you're listening to this, perhaps it's just planting a seed that isn't time to be sown just yet. But I'm so grateful for each of you for being here. And I love this opportunity to share these incredible insights. I know just personally the impact that listening to these incredible stories have had, and I want to give back to this community and distill all of these learnings and share them back so that the more information we have, the better informed we can approach our lives and we can continue striving to live in our fullest potential. So thank you to Josh Reedford for editing and bringing together this incredible episode and bringing it to life. And I want to say a thank you to this amazing community. And I'm just so grateful that you show up each week, investing in yourself and in your future and living in your fullest potential until next week, y'all keep rising. <laughs>